When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The following is a presentation of IMG, America's home for college sports. This is Duck Insight. This is Duck Insight. Insight on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. 25, 20, How about the straight He will score. He straight Got some speed. He will not get it. He makes the grab. Yes. What a bullet throw. Sir. What a bullet throw from Herbert. Off the board. Welcome to Duck Insider on the Oregon IMG Sports Network, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. Time now for your daily dose of Oregon athletics. Here's your host, Joey Mack. And the Ducks can dribble it out. The fans come to their feet here at Matthew Knight Arena. Ayuso on the dribble, four seconds. The coaches walking down to greet each other. And there you go, Duck fans. How sweet it is. The Ducks back-to-back Sweet 16s heading to Spokane next weekend. We will see you there. 101-73. to What an impressive performance and an impressive weekend. That's as you heard it on the Oregon IMG Sports Network with Terry Johns, the voice of Oregon women's basketball, on the call. Well done, sir. And we will hear from Terry Johns coming up in oh, about 30 minutes here on the show. As Excuse me, the Ducks are going to the Sweet 16. Two straight years. This time they don't have to go cross-country quite as much. It's finals week right now at Oregon. Spring break next week. Sets up nicely for the Ducks. Get all their studies done this week. They don't play until Saturday in Spokane. What a weekend for Oregon athletics, and particularly for Oregon women's athletics. The women advance for basketball to the Sweet 16. Softball gets a huge series win, winning in dramatic fashion with a walk-off three-run home run thanks to Shannon Rhodes in the bottom of the seventh inning yesterday. Ducks not only won that game, but then they won the series as a result, handing UCLA its first two losses of the season. We'll talk to Mike White coming up tomorrow on Duck Insider to recap all that. And now Oregon actually has kind of a bye week. It's a little weird the way that the schedule's set up for Oregon softball this year. They actually have next weekend off before they play the Beavers next Thursday. A little odd. <coughs> Excuse me. We'll talk to Mike White about that coming up in just a little while. Yeah, ruining the <laughs> what was undefeated season. And now there's no undefeated teams left out there because Washington also lost this past weekend. Big weekend for Oregon women's basketball, Oregon softball. Oregon men's basketball things didn't end in the NIT as well as the Ducks would have liked. We'll recap the season that was and take a peek towards next year as well. I had a really good postgame conversation 
with Dana Altman, and I'm, I'm excited to play that for you. For those of you that were probably so focused in on women's basketball and softball, I had an awesome conversation with Coach Altman on our postgame show, and I encourage you to stick around if you missed that. He had some really good things to say about the season that was and the season that's going to be coming up in, well, now about, what, nine, eight months or so. Of course, the Sweet 16 now set on the men's side as well. <coughs> What's, what upsets we saw. Uh, I think everybody was a Retrievers fan. I was a Retrievers fan, certainly. Uh, and it was fun, actually. Greg Walker and myself, we were watching the tournament in Milwaukee when the Ducks were getting ready to take on Marquette. And there were a few Loyola Chicago fans, not too far really from Milwaukee, about an hour south Milwaukee from Chicago is. And that was kind of cool, actually. I saw some Loyola fans were cheering for the Ramblers. It was it was kind of cool. We'll talk more about that coming up, uh, the men's season. Going to hear from associate head coach Mark Campbell on the women's side. And, man, a lot of good things, a lot of good things. Elsewhere on the show uh, this week, we'll talk some Oregon baseball. I'm now full-time back with Oregon baseball. Uh, they'll take on Cal on Friday, <coughs> excuse me, with the conclusion of the basketball season. Uh, if we have time, I'll also get a chance to finally get to my conversation with Jalen Jelks. Had a good chat with the Oregon defender. Is there now for Oregon spring football in the middle of their break period. They got finals week and next week spring break off before they resume spring football practice ahead of that April 21st spring game here at Autzen Stadium. Let's zero in on Ducks women's basketball, though, and we'll take uh, your Facebook comments and questions over the course of the show today. A lot of things to talk about, a lot of good things to talk about around Oregon athletics. Ducks are going to the Sweet 16, back-to-back years, and I have to say what an atmosphere it was at Matthew Nett Arena. So I was lucky enough, excuse me, with the men not traveling until Saturday morning. I actually got to sit courtside with Terry. I helped him out, ran some stats for him, and, Boy, that was a fun atmosphere. Of all of the host sites around women's basketball, Oregon had the fourth best attendance in the NCAA tournament. And remember, all the women's tournaments are hosted by the top seeds in the first two rounds. Tons of people commented on how awesome of an event it was, how fun it was, and what an atmosphere it was. And thanks to the fans for that. Uh, sitting courtside for me was was just a fun experience for that first game in the Ducks. It was certainly a mismatch. Oregon took it to Seattle U. And a lot of people thought that maybe Minnesota was going to be a test because Minnesota couldn't really score the basketball. One of the top offenses in the country. Now, the thing is, Oregon's one of the top offenses in the country too. And the last few weeks, ever since the Pac-12 tournament run, the Ducks have certainly locked in on defense. That's the key to Oregon going further we know that the ducks can score if oregon wants to be a final four team they're gonna have to guard some people as kelly graves would say but oregon beat minnesota 101 to 73 and that's even after minnesota went on a 10-0 run in the last minute 43 of the game when it was over and done with so 101 73 it actually wasn't even that close the Ducks shot 61 percent from the floor and held minnesota to 42 percent minnesota actually took more shots than the ducks yet lost by that 30-ish point margin. I mean, just think about that for a moment. Ducks were 50% from three, 11 for 22, and they dominated the rebounding category. 42 to 21 on the boards against Minnesota yesterday. Unbelievably good and terribly efficient for the Ducks. Ionescu with 29, seven rebounds, nine assists, already kind of on triple-double watch for her after what she did in the first round. Ruthie Hebert had a double-double with 22 and 10. And Satu Sabali had 12 points and 6 rebounds, an efficient effort for her as well. Ducks got contributions all over the place. And I think that (laughs) what's going to be fun for me to see is how the Ducks now translate that to Spokane. Because it's one thing to do what they did against, I think, teams that Oregon should certainly beat. It's one thing to do that against teams at home. And I know that they're not technically home games, but they're, they're home games at Matthew Knight Arena. The fans, you certainly made sure of that. At least that's what I saw watching the game in person and then keeping up with the game as we were traveling back from Milwaukee with the men's team. I was anyway. I was. It sounded like a heck of an atmosphere. And you could hear the, cr- the crowd behind Terry on the highlight that we played to open the show. The translation now to how it works in Spokane I think is going to be interesting. 
And the Ducks don't know who they're going to play yet. If you're live with us in the 1 o'clock hour, uh, Notre Dame and Texas A&M are already through. So the seeds held true. The 1 in Notre Dame and the 4 in Texas A&M are already through. They're already going to be in Spokane on Saturday. But number 3, Ohio State, plays number 11, Central Michigan, this afternoon. So if you're live with us in the 1 o'clock hour, we don't even know who the Ducks are going to play yet. More than likely, it's Ohio State, but double-digit seeds have made it to the Elite Eight before. Oregon did it last year. Made it to the Sweet 16 before. Oregon did that last year. So Central Michigan... uh, who knows? They could pull the upset against Ohio State. Ducks, though, know for sure that they'll get the winner on Saturday. So Oregon, either Ohio State or Central Michigan on Saturday, and then the Elite Eight matchup would be on Monday. Oregon will play either Notre Dame or Texas A&M if the Ducks get through either Ohio State or Central Michigan. Man. And Spokane, that's a great draw. I mean, especially, here. here's my thing. If it was Friday, Sunday, that that, that would have been nice, too, but Having this Sweet 16 game be on Saturday, I think it gives the opportunity for a lot of Duck fans to say, hey, I can get there. I can go to Spokane. And I do wonder, too, if there's going to be a lot of Kelly Graves fans in Spokane from his Gonzaga days that come out and support this team. The Gonzaga Ducks, if you will. I mean, I think that it's going to be a fun atmosphere in Spokane as well. And Oregon is just on an absolute tear. I think this team has everything that they need to go a long way. And it could honestly be, remember, Oregon lost to UConn in the Elite Eight last year. It could be a collision course for a rematch in, it could be the Final Four this time around. It feels awesome. We'll see. It's certainly setting up, and it's starting to look like it could go that way. On the postgame show, Terry Johns got a chance to catch up with Mark Campbell, the associate head coach for the Ducks. A lot of good things to say about Oregon getting to the Sweet 16. Thank you, and welcome back. 101-73, to the final. The Ducks uh, put a pretty good whipping on a really, really good Minnesota team here to head to -to back-to-back Sweet 16s to Spokane. They go to take on either Ohio State or Central Michigan. They play tomorrow afternoon at 3.30. You can catch that on ESPN2, I believe. And joined here by associate head coach Mark Campbell. And, uh, Coach, congratulations. Just an outstanding job. Terry, thank you. And uh, first thing I want to say is how awesome was this crowd? I mean, the, the, the support that we get with these fans in Eugene is second to none. This environment was just absolutely incredible. And uh, so I just first of all want to, want to thank for uh, all the amazing fans that have supported us throughout the year. This team, Minnesota, you knew it was a coach said in the pregame show. I said, I said what, what is it like? It's a little bit like UCLA. Yeah, they got a guard like Jordan Canada, but it's kind of like Paul Westhead that was here earlier. It's going to be run and gun, and, and it was. And in the beginning, it looked like it was going to be a track meet up and down, up and down. Then the Ducks dug in defensively, and it changed, didn't it? Oh, man, so proud of our kids. They're a hard team to guard because they have so many three-point shooters. They play an untraditional four-guard lineup. And uh, in March, those teams are really dangerous because they have the ability to hit 15, 16 threes. And I'll tell you what, the first quarter, and it takes a while because adrenaline's going, and credit Minnesota for sticking shots, but the second and third quarter, Terry, our kids just locked in defensively, put a stranglehold on them from the three-point line. I think there was a stretch between the second and third quarter combined they hit three threes total over that 20 minute span and that's when we separated and um and our kids have done a just a phenomenal job during the home stretch of the season locking in defensively and executing and taking away the key players and the key schemes that we need to take away so just so proud of them they did it again tonight yeah, Minnesota got a lot of points there at the end when the game was long decided, but uh, holding a team that averages 85 a game, the third best scoring team in the country out of a Power 5 conference, and uh, even at 73, even though some late points by them, that, that's remarkable. No question, and and, and uh, during the home stretch, it was just awesome. We got to play everybody. Everybody got opportunity to get a good sweat and play in a in a big-time environment, a big-time game, but this is a team that – that uh, just uh, about 10 days ago beat Maryland uh, by 20. This is a team that should have beat Ohio State in their conference tournament in the semifinal game. And uh, so they've been playing well. And like I said, our kids are just locked in right now, just locked in. So we're excited to, to have an opportunity to play another game out there in Spokane. Yeah, you had uh, Satu, uh, she, she hit some shots there in that third quarter. Because a 15-point lead at the half, and thought, well, you know, as, as quickly as they can score, it can happen in a hurry. They can catch up. 
But then Satu hit a couple of threes. Bando got off. I mean, Sabrina was doing their Sabrina thing. Ruthie was was huge inside, and and you just dominated in the paint, 46 to 18. Just remarkable there. Awesome. And you watch all these men's and women's NCAA tournament games, and you see these unbelievable comebacks. Today, Nevada's down 22, and comes back and wins. And so our talk at halftime is you got to understand the team that's losing. If the, if they lose this game, the season's over. So you're going to get everything. And in, in March, you see these incredible comebacks because teams and players know if they don't, their season's over. And so our kids understood that. They started the second half, dialed in. They didn't take their foot off the gas pedal. And, uh, Terry, they just expanded the lead. It was, it was awesome to see. What is it about this team, as you said, dialed in? And that's the word. I know coming in the last six games before this game, only giving up 54 points a game, and that's including playing UCLA, playing Stanford. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like you were you were playing some softies there. And this team, what's, what's happened with the defense, just that consistency that you've achieved? Well, our record skews it, and sometimes you forget this is a young basketball team. I mean, a really, really young basketball team. And so uh, over the course of the season, they've just grown. It's been fun to see them grow. And Coach Graves does a great job of having a lot of different defensive schemes with our 2-3, our 1-2-2, and our man. And within our man, all the different pick-and-roll coverages. And, and what's happened now is they're able to execute each of them with confidence and execute them knowing what they need to take away. And so it happened last year with that young team. And they, and they started figuring it out in, in the conference tournament, and that rolled over into the NCAA tournament, and it, now it's happening again this year. But one thing I want to say is Sabrina's competitive spirit oh. has, has brought this young group up, and, and it's elevated everybody else's. And she, just, she doesn't have a game off competitively, Terry. She might miss shots. Or a practice. Or a practice. <laughs> but when she steps into the ring, I mean, it is dialed in, and there's never been a game. And I've seen this kid, and our staff has, all four years of high school. And now, two, she doesn't take a game off. And, and that spirit has rubbed off on everybody, and you're seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. One disappointment tonight, no no broken ankles by Anna Ayuso, I don't think. But <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> she is amazing. She would start for a lot of teams. I mean, Coach and I were talking about that in the pregame. I mean, it's just she's got Maite and Sabrina ahead of her, and that's the way it is. But she she's shown the last few games, fans have gotten to see what we've all seen in practice all the time, how good she is. No question. It's not just her. You just witnessed. You saw Maley come in here. And uh, stick some big shots, go three for four, and Sierra comes in and stick shots. Ina's out here, and you've seen what she does. And so there's really good players, really good players that are playing behind some really good players. Uh, but one thing I love about this team, and, and you get to see it during the highlights, but how about the bench? When the starters are in, the bench is all into it. And, and when the starters go to the bench and the other kids get an opportunity to play, they're rooting them on. And so just it's a unique chemistry, unique group of uh, women that just truly cheer each other on. And, and one of the stats we look at after every game, 70% of our field goals were assisted tonight. 70. And so these kids just love to share the ball. They play the game the right way, and, they, and, and, they, and you can see it. Yeah, thing of beauty. Well, before I let you go here, I know finals week coming up this week. It's always, you know, your student athletes and a big week for them before you head to Spokane. So how do you handle that? I mean, you want the game isn't until Saturday. We know that it's a Saturday-Sunday for the, for the regional final in Spokane. But how do you handle that? You, do you try and get the kids and they get it all academics here, but you got to keep basketball going at the same time. Yeah. Thankfully, we got an amazing academic support team. Um, that does a phenomenal job, and uh, she's taking a bow over there. By the way, <laughs> yes, it, it, it takes a village with this whole thing. There's so many moving parts, you know, Terry. But I'll tell you what, it's a lot nicer having to tackle finals week when you got a week at home previous mm -hmm. versus last year. We oh. flew to Duke. We were there for five days. You fly back. You turn around, take finals. You turn around, fly back to UConn. I mean, this year, getting to be home, and the team earned the right to be home. And the benefit is this. 
you, they've been sleeping in their bed this whole week. They've been eating and doing their normal routine and their normal study hall and their normal class sessions. And so this finals week is a lot more manageable. Um, and so our academic support staff will do an amazing job. Our kids will uh, take care of their business, and then uh, we'll be ready to go in Spokane. All right. Go celebrate. Get something to eat. Terry, thanks for everything you do. Hey, thank you. You guys are awesome, and uh, thanks for including me in everything. It's so much fun. I, I've seen – it's been years, and I've seen some not-so-good basketball, and this has been fantastic basketball. It's just it's so much fun. And I, I know I can say for the fans, thanks. Thank you, Terry. Go Ducks. All right, go Ducks. Associate Head Coach Mark Campbell as the Ducks win it. 101-73, to back-to-back, Sweet 16s, heading to Spokane next week. Good stuff, and I think that what they were talking about, Terry and, and Mark Campbell there at the end, that means a lot. I mean, it's finals week now, but the Ducks have had all of dead week to kind of get ready, and it's a lot easier this time around than it was last time. Last time they made it to the Elite Eight. We'll see how far this team can go this time around. We'll talk more women's basketball coming up. Uh, some thoughts on softball as well as they got a huge win. Also recapping the men's basketball season with a peak towards the future. More to come. Duck Insider here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. This is Joel Block for The Law and You with Eugene attorney Laura Johnson. Laura, I understand Oregon is leading a national effort to protect children from chemicals in certain products. Joel, it's called the Toxic-Free Kids Act. It requires manufacturers to disclose and eventually phase out harmful chemicals that are known to cause health problems such as cancer, learning disabilities, and chronic diseases like asthma. Children and pregnant women are especially at risk. Oregon's law helped lead the way to new national laws, the first in 40 years. Implementation will be the next step and will take years. As new chemicals are identified in the Toxic-Free Kids Act, we'll be posting them on our website. Our firm has worked to bring public awareness to lead-free children's toys and alternatives to pesticides in parks. Our goal is to protect Oregon children from harmful chemicals. Thanks, Laura. To learn more about the Toxic-Free Act and sign up to get reports on chemicals, visit CorsonJohnsonLaw.com. The Law and You is part of Corson & Johnson's work to make communities safer. This is Duck Insider from IMG, America's home for college sports. So, you know, I'm a dog, and I'm kind of new to this family, but I've noticed a trend. My humans do this thing where they go around and get all my toys and hide them in this basket, but it's always the same basket, and it's always the same place, and then they act so surprised when I find them, but I'm like, hello, that's where you put it last time. Humans are the worst at hide-and-go-seek. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Hi, I'm Matt Kenseth. You don't have to be a race car driver to know that life can be full of drama. Some of it you can't control, like mechanical issues, high winds, and rain delays. But there's some drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit FinishYourDiploma.org. That's FinishYourDiploma.org. You just need to take that first step and find free classes near you and leave the drama for the racetrack. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. Back on Duck Insider, presented by Point Community Credit Union. Joey Mack here with you live at the Duck Store. We purchase support the Ducks, past, present, and future. Closing in on the Sweet 16. We'll know who the Ducks' opponent is going to be after the... Second round of the women's basketball tournament wraps up today. Going to either be Ohio State or Central Michigan. We shall see. And softball, though, over the weekend, what a weekend it was for women's athletics in particular here at Oregon. Softball winning in epic fashion over UCLA. So first game didn't go according to plan. Rachel Garcia spun a great game for UCLA. Then on Saturday, the Ducks get an impressive pitching performance of their own from Miranda Ellis. They even the series. And Sunday, the rubber match was everything that you thought that it would be. Oregon had an opportunity with a runner at third and one out late in the game yesterday. In the rubber match, again, I thought, okay, this is the chance. So Cherish Burke's quick base runner at third. Ducks then have two players strike out looking against Garcia. A couple good at-bats, but two players strike out looking, and I thought, oh, man, that might have been Oregon's chance. That might have been Oregon's chance. You get the lead, and all of a sudden things are a little different. Well, the pitching answered. Pitching respond. Megan Kleist was great again, as she's been great all season long. And then Shannon Rhodes steps up, and Shannon Rhodes belts a three-run home run that I still don't think has landed yet. And that's a walk-off in the bottom of the seventh. 
that series to me said a few things about Oregon softball. One, the Ducks had scheduled up. We've talked a lot about that on Duck Insider. Oregon really scheduled up this year. They played top-level competition in the non-conference and, of course, in the Pac-12. And when you open things with number three UCLA as number six Oregon, well, that's just going to be a good test no matter how you slice it up in the conference. Well, we've talked so much, though, about how they've scheduled up and they've had to find ways to grind out wins. This series, to me, was the epitome of that. They get shut down pretty good offensively the first game. Then they come back and shut down UCLA's offense, hit the ball pretty well Saturday, and then it's the ultimate grinded-out, who-wants-it-more kind of game, and Shannon Rhodes punishes the one mistake that she sees over the ble- over into the bleachers. That's why Mike White scheduled up, was for series like this. Now, who knows? Maybe Oregon would have won the series even if they didn't schedule up in non-conference play. My point is, though, that they have seen good pitching, and they're getting better and better at facing it, and they know what it takes in these close, high-intensity games, late in games in particular, to get wins. I'm really excited to talk to Mike White here on Duck Insider tomorrow, head coach for Oregon Softball. Come on back for that because I thought this really was the, the epitome of why the Ducks scheduled up and why I think this team, even though they don't have the consistency and the same maybe powerful offense and also the short game on the I think overall the offense maybe isn't as good as they've had the last few years and the numbers would tell you that but they've got deep pitching and if they have that competitive spirit to them they may end up being okay and still going pretty far anyway we're sitting here and nitpicking the number six team in the nation heading into the weekend and they just beat the number three team in the nation ending UCLA's undefeated season overall pretty good things and when I'm sitting here saying, like I said, a team that just beat number three UCLA in a three-game series, they can get better. But that's how this team's thinking. That's what Mike White's thinking, I'm sure, heading into practice this week. And again, the Ducks have this next weekend off. It's a little funky with the way the schedule sets up. They don't play Oregon State till next Thursday. Got a little bit of off time here to, I'm sure, kind of take inventory. And you know that practice is probably going to be a little bit more lively after winning that series against UCLA rather than losing it. Coming up, we're going to look back on the men's basketball season. We'll do that a few different times throughout the course of this week. And Terry Johns, voice of the Oregon women's basketball team, is going to join us. More on that matchup and who it's going to be in Spokane and the Sweet 16 when we come back. Stick with us. It's Duck Insider here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Western bacon cheese, burger cheese, bacon, western bacon cheese, burger. I'm talking Carl Jr. Pick it up. Western bacon cheese burger, Carl Jr., pick it up. Western bacon cheese burger, cheese bacon, western bacon cheese burger, Carl Jr., pick it up. It's starting early and staying late, working hard and helping out, giving your all for your team and your community. And just like the Oregon Ducks, On Point does everything we can to help our team win. Giving local people and local businesses the banking and lending solutions they need to get ahead. We're On Point Community Credit Union, a proud sponsor of University of Oregon Athletics. Federally insured by NCUA, equal opportunity lender. Duck Insider, Duck Insider, Duck Insider continues after this timeout on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Movies like Contagion are fiction, but disease outbreaks can and do happen. Early detection allows public health officials at the state, local, and federal levels to manage and reduce the spread and impact of a contagious disease. CDC stands ready to respond. Our scientists work 24-7 to address current and potential health threats. For more information about CDC's work or how you can stay healthy, visit www.cdc.gov.
Back on Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Remember to download the Oregon Game Day app in your smartphone's app store. You can stay up to date with Duck's news and social media. Tickets in the app, live game broadcast, facilities info, and a lot more. All part of the Oregon Game Day app. It's been a fun weekend, and uh, for the most part, Oregon Athletics uh, coming out on the positive side of the win-loss column. Unfortunately for the men, their season came to a close in the NIT. Marquette shot the lights out. The Ducks turned the ball over a few times. Marquette got hot from three. Then Oregon was playing catch-up the whole game. Ducks ended up closing the gap at the end, but it wasn't as close as the 101-92 score. Not the way that Oregon wanted it to end. Um, Now, that being said, when you only bring back Peyton Pritchard from your rotation from last year, a lot of new guys, some graduate transfers, the camaraderie and the leadership was just never quite there for Oregon this year. Dane Altman talked about that in just a moment. We'll play it for you here in just a little bit. A few records set for the Ducks this year, though. Elijah Brown shot 93% of the free throw line. That's an Oregon single-season record, just over 93%, actually. Kenny Wooten shot 68.1% from the floor. That's a record for field goal percentage. And Kenny Wooten also finished with 92 blocked shots. That's third all-time for a freshman in the Pac-12 and just two behind Jordan Bell's 94 as a freshman at Oregon. So the Ducks have the number two and number three best single-season freshman year shot blockers in Pac-12 history. That makes sense? For a freshman year, only Jordan Bell at Oregon has more block shots than Kenny Wooten, and Kenny Wooten third all-time in the Pac-12 as a freshman. Pretty impressive season. He had his ups and downs just like any freshman will, And I think that kind of is exactly what happened with this Oregon team this year. A lot of ups and downs, ups and downs, and Oregon ultimately ending against a very experienced Marquette team. And that was the difference, I thought. Final season numbers for the Ducks as the Ducks finish it off at 23-13, 10-8 in the Pac-12. Oregon went 16-3 at home and just 4-7 away. Peyton Pritchard, the leading scorer at 14.5 points per game, averaged 3.8 boards per game. And the assist numbers were right around five a game. Peyton Pritchard, a pretty solid year. Elijah Brown finishes his one year at Oregon at 13.6 points per game. Mikhail McIntosh ends up as the third score for the Ducks at 11.8 points per game. So you're going to lose your number two and your number three score on the season because they were graduate transfers. Troy Brown Jr., I thought, tailed off at the end of the year. 11.3 points per game. He did average 6.2 rebounds per game and finished the year as Oregon's top rebounder, even though Mikhail McIntosh had overtaken him in rebounds per game heading into uh, this game, actually, against Marquette. I think that the real key now is what Oregon's roster looks like moving forward. You know Peyton Pritchard's probably back. Paul White, back. Victor Bailey Jr., Kenny Wooten, probably back. Troy Brown Jr., I think he's the question mark. You know that you're losing Elijah Brown and Mikhail McIntosh. But what does Troy Brown Jr. decide to do? That's ultimately the question. As the number one recruiting class in the country is coming to Oregon next year. I talked with Coach Altman about what the future could hold for this Oregon team, what the offseason is going to look like on the postgame show. And Dane Altman, I think, looking towards the future, fans are going to want to listen to what he said on the postgame. Well, the the last quarter we, we really had a different approach. You know, part of it is we had them on their heels a little bit. But first half, you know, we just defensively just, you know, didn't get any stops. Uh, I think we scored 38 or 40. So it wasn't like we weren't scoring. But, um, man, we we were stuck in the mud defensively. And communication was really bad. Uh, Really disappointed defensively in in our effort. And when Rousey's hitting shots like that, it's imagine it's not just him being open. He has to hit a few of those. Yeah, no, you know. Bad part is we let him get going with a couple wide open ones, and then then we were in trouble. You know, once he got it going, just like I said, we weren't flying around. And then points off turnovers just killed us. I mean, we turned it over, and it was eighteen to zero, or you know, at half. I mean, it just really bad turnovers. Guys trying to make plays, and just really bad turnovers. Well, Coach McCall McIntosh, 25 points in his final game in an Oregon uniform. He played really hard, took the ball to the basket. Yeah, he, you know, they couldn't guard us. I, you know, their fans were bitching about the, the calls. I mean, every time we drove it, they fouled us. They, they couldn't, they couldn't stop our drives, and uh, uh, we, we got to the basket. Like I said, we scored some baskets. We just, we didn't guard. What about Paul White with 19 points? What do you think his performance? No, I thought Paul did a good job. Uh, took the ball to the basket, made some good plays. I thought, you know, he and Mikhail definitely were the were the bright spots today. 
when you look back on on this season in this NIT, you know, what were some of the lessons that you talk about with the team in the locker room today? Well, I, I, we talked a long time there, and Paul made some good points about you know guys you know pushing each other and, and the more camaraderie, you know, communication defensively, pushing each other in the off season. Um, you know, Paul was around all last year. He saw some very successful players, and you know, I you know guys talk. I talk about the previous teams because that's our standard, you know, and I'm going to continue to talk about them and no differently than I talked about the great players that went through Creighton. And that was our standard. And, you know, 31 and 33 wins and final eight and final four, you know, those, that's the standard. And, and we're going to talk about that. So our guys, you know, they don't have to blaze a new trail. You know, the guys blazed it. You know, we just, we got to build a culture again that emphasizes the things that they, you know, talking on defense, playing together, you know, getting big stops, sharing the ball. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we didn't take a step back, but we didn't have the same type of camaraderie. And that's to be expected with the all-new group. You know, last year we had a bunch of guys coming back. You know, Casey was a three-year guy. Dylan was a three-year guy. Troy was a three-year guy. Uh, you know, Dylan Ennis had been with us. Tyler had been with us. You know, uh, Chris Boucher, so our top six had all been there. And then, you know, Peyton didn't just, you know, play with those guys, you know. So... Um, it was different, and, and that's to be expected. But uh, we've got to get back to where the guys are getting on each other about their work ethic, getting each other to the gym, and uh, really getting after each other to, to take the steps we need to take next year because we're going to have some new guys coming in again. So somebody's got to set that standard. And the off season is kind of where that standard is set, right? I mean, that's, that's oh, where absolutely. It starts. No, no, it, it starts. And, you know, we didn't have a very good uh, – May and June because we didn't have anybody coming back. But, uh, you know, once the new guys get here, uh, you know, I, I think we'll be able to, to have a little better uh, April, May, uh, and June because we're going to have more guys back. And then, you know, when the guys get here end of June to start summer school, we should be ready to go. What's the off-season schedule look like for you? Have you thought that far ahead? Oh, just a lot of work. You know, we uh, got to get a couple players yet. We're going to talk to some guys yet. Uh, uh, get some quickness, you know, in, in some areas. But, uh, no, we got to finish up recruiting and, and then work with the guys coming back, and we got to get better. You mentioned the guys that are coming in. I know a lot of fans excited about the recruiting class you guys put together. I know you are too. Yeah, you know, they're freshmen. They're going to have to work awfully hard. The transition, you know, is different for every player. Um, you know, our freshmen were a little up and down this year. They had some great moments. Uh, they had some moments that, that weren't so great, and, and that's to be expected for a freshman. You know, you, you hate putting too much pressure on the freshman because, uh, you know, it's, it's ups and downs for them. You know, um, you want your vets to set that standard and let the freshman just kind of play, and, uh, and that's going to be important for us next year. Well, Coach, i got to say thanks. My first year uh, doing play-by-play, -play, thanks for welcoming me into the family, and I'm looking forward already for, for next year. So thank you, all sir, right. for all your time. All right, appreciate it. Dan Allman, head coach for the Ducks, and I think you heard there, they're already thinking about who else can they add to this roster, going to look for some quickness. I thought that was interesting, hearing Coach Altman talk about that, and the Ducks now hit the recruiting trail, and into the offseason we go. We'll keep you updated on what a lot of Ducks decide to do now moving forward. We'll transition back to women's basketball in a moment. We're Duck Insiders brought to you by Bymark. Get ready for your season for less. Terry Johns will join us. But first, time for today's two-minute drill brought to you by Cafe Yum. Catching up on everything that's going on around Oregon Athletics in a two-minute capsule. Women's basketball knocking off Minnesota in a big way. 101-73. to They're in the Sweet 16. We'll find out against two. It will be on Saturday in Spokane. Terry Johns will have the call here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Men's basketball season ended in the second round of the NIT against Marquette with a 101-92 loss. And the Ducks now heading into the offseason. Question is, who's coming back to join that number one recruiting class coming in for next year? Baseball had a rough opening weekend in the Pac-12. Lost first two games in the series to Arizona State. One of them after they blew a lead, and the second one they got pounded pretty good. Then lost 6-1 on Sunday to get swept. They will have Cal here at PK Park. This weekend, trying to get on the positive side of the Pac-12 start to the season. Softball lost to UCLA 6-2 on Friday. And then the number six Ducks even the series with the number three Bruins, 7-5 behind a great pitching performance from Miranda Elish. And then won the series with a Shannon Rhodes walk-off three-run bomb in the bottom of the seventh. What a series. And the Ducks uh, feeling pretty good after knocking off their rival, I think, in UCLA. Women's Cross beat ASU on Friday. And then against USC, 
it was epic. Uh, number 12 Trojans were leading 9-8 to eight with 30 seconds left. Head coach Katrina down for the Ducks called the timeout, and with 8 seconds on the clock in regulation, Jill Zubalaga scored to force overtime at USC. Ducks, though, fell 9-8 in OT, but almost got a huge win as Katrina Dowd continuing to build this Oregon lacrosse program. Men's tennis beat Santa Clara on Friday, and women's tennis got swept by USC and UCLA down in Los Angeles. So the number 20 Ducks now sit at 10-6 and 1-3 in Pac-12 action. Women's basketball, Sweet 16, baseball, softball, tennis, Volleyball going on as well this weekend. More on that coming up in your next two-minute drill. Brought to you by Cafe Yum. Restaurants throughout Oregon and Washington serving Northwest-inspired catering and takeout for your next gathering or meeting. Menus at CafeYum.com. Terry Johns joins us next talking women's basketball here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. This is Joel Block for The Law and You with Eugene attorney Don Corson. Don, you recently won a case against an insurance company for improper practices after an auto accident. What happened? We represented a man who bought auto insurance to protect his family. When he got in an accident, his insurance company refused to settle, and he was sued. There was a substantial judgment against him. His insurance company's lawyers encouraged him to take bankruptcy. That's just plain wrong. We were asked to help the man and filed a lawsuit against his insurance company for its unacceptable practices. When the jury heard the facts, they strongly penalized the insurance company for its misconduct. Most cases like this are never prosecuted because insurance companies are exempt from Oregon's unfair trade practices law. Until this law changes, insurance companies sometimes can take advantage of their Oregon policyholders. Thanks, Don. For more on your rights with insurance companies, visit the law firm of Corson & Johnson at CorsonJohnsonLaw.com. The Law & You is a community service and does not replace the advice of an attorney. This is the Oregon IMG Sports Network. I've got the water, energy bars, and camera. I think we're set for the hike. Almost. We need to protect our skin. Don't forget your wide-brimmed hat and sunscreen. Oh, right. I've got the hat. I've got SPF 30. Will that work? Yeah. Anything 15 or higher is good. Just make sure it says broad spectrum. Great. Got it. I am not getting burned again. Let's go. Learn more at cdc.gov slash cancer. Hi, I'm Kathy Rigby, and I love portraying Peter Pan on the stage. But there are many children who are facing the reality of life-threatening illnesses every day. Discovery Arts helps children undergoing cancer treatment step outside of their illness and into a world of imagination by bringing them music, dance, and arts adventures while they're in the hospital. For $15 a month, you can become a Discovery Arts partner and bring art adventures to a child facing the unimaginable. Visit discoveryarts.org today for more information. Joey Mack, welcoming you back to Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. We've been talking women's basketball, softball, and beyond. And you heard uh, the highlight to start the show from Terry Johns, voice of the Oregon women's basketball team. Ducks going to the Sweet 16, second straight year. Terry Johns had some fun at Matthew Knight Arena. How's your voice doing, my friend? I'm doing all right there. I was going to say there was a highlight. Oh, there were a few, weren't there? All there weekend was long. It was, a, it was a whole lot of fun. There were a few, and I, I heard your post-game conversation with Mark Campbell. Uh, the Ducks certainly, I thought, took it to Minnesota. You know, Terry, I mentioned that even though Minnesota, Minnesota closed it on a 10-0 run, it wasn't even as close as 101-73, to was it? No, they came in averaging 85 a game, third in the country in scoring. Ducks, uh, no slouch, of course, at 82 a game, and they're ninth in the, in the country in scoring. But, uh, yeah, the Ducks... Uh, probably would have held them to the 60s, which is just phenomenal, especially the way the game started. It looked like it was going to be a track meet, and that was more in the favor of uh, Minnesota with what they wanted. And uh, in the Rada Paint Coach's Corner pregame show with uh, Coach Graves, he said one of the keys was tempo, keep it to Oregon's tempo, which Oregon gets up and down the floor, but it's more controlled than what Minnesota wanted to do. And it kind of started Minnesota's favor, even though the Ducks were leading in that first quarter, and then it was uh, right there about midway through the second quarter that they dug in defensively, and all of a sudden Minnesota was not getting what it wanted. And, in fact, the Ducks shut them out for about the last three minutes and 38 seconds, I think it was, of the the second quarter, and they ended up with that 15-point lead with that 
great shot uh, at the buzzer by Ionescu out top. And, uh, yeah, 15-point lead. All of a sudden, then in the third quarter, uh, a couple minutes in, it's, it's up in the 20s and then into the well into the 30s, and it was game over. I thought it was interesting, your conversation with Mark Campbell, Terry. You mentioned it digging in on the defensive end a little bit. I mean, you and I have said a few different times this year that really the key, and Coach Graves said this too, the key is that if Oregon plays good defense, this could be an elite team. I mean, you talked to Coach Campbell about this. I'm sure you've talked with Coach Graves about it. What has clicked? It seems like... Pac-12 tournament onward, the Ducks have just been lights out defensively. What's been different? Well, to be honest, I think Stanford gave him a wake-up call in that second half in Eugene back on February 4th and uh, had Jody Berry, assistant coach, on uh, Duck Insider right after the Pac-12 tournament, uh, Duck Insider tip-off Tuesday. And uh, she brought that up uh, on her own. Just, you know, that was a, a turning point for this team that they they didn't like the way – that game ended. They had a nine-point lead on Stanford at halftime, and then uh, Brittany McPhee, they allowed her to go off uh, in the second half, and they didn't like that taste in their mouths, and I think since then, the defense has gradually gotten better. Going into yesterday's game, uh, their last six games, they've only averaged giving up 54 points a game, and that is phenomenal. That's including playing against UCLA and Stanford in the Pac-12 tournament. It's uh, What they've done, I, I think the light has come on. I mean, Coach had Graves and all the coaches have talked about all year long they've shown flashes you know a half here the first half against Oregon State some of the best defense I've ever seen them play down at Poly Pavilion against UCLA uh, in, in a grinded out game but then they did it again in the Pac-12 tournament shut out UCLA for the last five minutes uh, for a 10-0 run to win that come from behind and win that game so they've shown flashes of it and just never a full 40 minutes. And coach says, well, still not quite a full 40 minutes because he's a coach. So he, they still <laughs> watch film and they see where there's still some lapses uh, that they want to take care of. But uh, the improvement has been tremendous. And yes, this team, no doubt, is an elite team. And the Seattle coach, uh, as well as uh, the Minnesota's coach, talking about them in final four terms and even comparisons to UConn. So you know, still a long way to go. Uh, not saying that they are UConn, but they're they're very very good, and they've got a legit chance to get to Columbus, Ohio. Before we talk about what's to come in Spokane, Terry, how about just having those games at home? I mean, I know Coach Campbell mentioned it with you, and and I heard Coach Graves talk about this that it's nice to be at home. One thing, it's finals week now, and the Ducks are going to be at home for all almost all of finals week. They were at home for all of dead week. That's part one, but then part two, just the advantage of playing in front of the home crowd. It certainly is a huge advantage to have those games at home, and the Ducks took advantage of it the right way. Yeah, in women's basketball, you know, I kind of like it. I mean, you earn your your way to uh, being able to host first and second rounds if you're a top 16 seed, and the, uh, the Ducks were number six seed and a uh, number two overall seed, uh, or an overall number six seed, but number two seed uh, into the tournament. So, I, I like that. And in women's basketball, to be honest with you, if you don't do that, you're not going to have the attendance if you go to, to some place where they may not even know the four teams uh, unless they do it at the same place every year. But uh, So this is nice. This is a good way to do it. I think you earn it. You've got to earn it during the season, and you're in that right to, to host, and uh, the Ducks took advantage. And, yeah, the fans were phenomenal, including uh, especially the students. It was amazing how many students showed up, uh, filling up uh, pretty much the whole end zone. Uh, down on the visitors' side, uh, down there, it was pretty cool to to see them as well. But uh, yeah, it changes the complexion of the game. I mean, seventy five, seventy seven thousand five seventy six, I think it was yesterday, and seven thousand forty on Friday, which was a late afternoon. People still trying to get off work, right? Uh, to get there, I that's that's pretty phenomenal uh, attendance. And yeah, the fan, the the players, they hear it. You know, I mean, when you're, you you get things going and, and, you know, the opponents hear it as well. And, and, you know, Kelly Graves and staff and team, they've got this thing rocking and rolling and starting to make uh, making Matthew Knight Arena as old Matt Court used to be back in the, the, the late 90s and early 2000s, the, the toughest place to play in the Pac-12, and it certainly is. He's Terry Johns, voice of the Oregon women's basketball team, uh, getting ready for the Sweet 16. So if you're live with us in the 1 o'clock hour, Terry's getting ready to study up on either Central Michigan or Ohio State. Ducks care who they play, Terry? I don't think so. I think if you ask them, uh, I don't don't think they really care. I think probably you expect Ohio State, but uh, you never know. Uh, Central Michigan knocked off LSU, uh, an SEC team, and they were a number six seed, so 
not a bad team. So obviously they're capable. Uh, you don't want to look past anybody. I'm sure an assistant coach uh, for each team is already watching a lot of film on, on each and prepared for whichever one they, they get to play. But uh, uh, it's going to be fun to be in Spokane and uh, coach uh, heading home and uh, his old home, I should say, is home now at Eugene, but uh, there for 14 years at Gonzaga. And, uh, you know, we call them Gonzaga Ducks. I think there's going to be a lot uh-huh. of Gonzaga Ducks there, and I know a lot of Duck fans going to make their way from the state of Oregon up to Spokane and uh, hopefully fill that arena and have a, another home court advantage up in, in Spokane and see if they can get this Duck team to the Final Four. But, you know, as you get along, in the tournament, as you know, Joey, it just gets tougher and tougher because the teams are better and better. Yeah, and I think especially, you know, you could run into, if it's Central Michigan, you could run into a team that's like Oregon that's playing with house money, doesn't have anything to lose. They're just out there having fun, right? Yeah, you, you run against those loose teams that, you know, they, like you said, nothing to lose. And coaches said those are the most dangerous ones to play. I mean, if you're in the tournament, you're good. You know, you earned your way there, just like Oregon earned the right to host. Those teams earn their way into the tournament. They don't just hand those out. So you, you know they've done something. And you never know, you know, with the three ball anymore, since uh, that is, has been in basketball for several years, it's just it changes the game because it can be a great, great equalizer. And sometimes an under, underdog could uh, knock down and get hot. Well, you saw a lot of threes at Marquette yesterday. So they can get hot and – you just change the whole complexion of the game, uh, you know, maybe a foul here, a foul there, a turnover, whatever can happen, and and you can get beat. So you never know. And and I don't know how much uh, they know right now about Central Michigan, but like I said, I'm sure they've watched a lot of film. This It's amazing to watch coaches work and, and the strategy yeah. that they devise for, you know, watching film. And, and then in the scout, you get to see that on the men's side. And, and it's, it's just incredible how much uh, information they have on what a team wants to do and, they can quickly uh, develop a strategy to try and stop it or at least contain it. There's a lot that goes into it, that's for sure. All right, what's the schedule ahead? We know that it's going to be Saturday. Don't know what time Saturday yet with the Ducks against either Ohio State or Central Michigan. Either way, we'll have Terry Johns on the call from Spokane. What's the schedule ahead uh, for this Duck team? And maybe I'll finish it off with this, too. What are the keys regardless of who the opponent is? Well, it- First, uh, the schedule. I mean, it's it's uh, studying right now and uh, taking finals. Uh, I I'm not sure. It sounds like the Ducks might be heading to Spokane uh, early Thursday, uh, and I know there's press conferences on Friday. Probably get in Thursday and uh, get a practice in, hopefully. And then uh, I know there's scheduled NCAA sanctioned practices on Friday, and then the games are not until Saturday. Uh, yeah, TV will determine the time uh, to, to be determined here. But uh, Notre Dame and uh, Texas A&M, a team the Ducks already played and beat twice uh, earlier, will be uh, taking on each other, and the, the Ducks will will hopefully end up facing one of them uh, if they can get by Central Michigan or Ohio State. The keys for the Ducks is just be themselves. You know, they, it, at this point, you don't change anything what you're doing, especially when you're 32 and four. Which, by the way, 32 wins was uh, Kelly Graves' personal record that uh, he had won 31 before at uh, Gonzaga. Huh. And, and, and I think Jenny Lander, my, my broadcast partner at home, said, you know what, and nothing against the, the West Coast Conference, but to have 32 wins uh, over in the, going through okay. the Pac-12 schedule and the non-conference schedule, I mean, that's, that's just phenomenal, phenomenal. 32 and 4 that the Ducks are. When you've done that, you're not going to change. You keep doing what you're doing. And, 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 and again, as we just talked, a few minutes ago, if the Ducks keep playing defense the way they have, you know, you like their chances. They give themselves a chance because you know they're going to score. He's Terry Johns, and he'll be on the call for the rest of the way. The Ducks hoping for a Final Four and beyond. Who knows? But we'll be with them the whole way. Terry will be coming to you live from wherever and whenever the Ducks are on the air. All right, Terry, thanks for taking the time. We'll catch up with you maybe later on in the week, my friend. Uh, Enjoy it, will you? Yeah, I'm having a ball. This is a whole lot of fun, Joy. You'll get that soon. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right, Terry. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. He's on Twitter at Terry Johns. Saturday. Don't know what time, but we'll have it for you on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Coming up, wrap up Duck Insider for today on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Like any winning team, it takes every part of EMC Insurance companies working together to successfully ensure that our agents, policyholders, and employees can count on EMC. And they do. 
They count on our broad range of insurance products and services. They count on our superior level of personalized service, and they trust that we will continue to be a financially stable partner just like we have been for more than 100 years. All of this makes EMC one of the nation's premier insurance companies, and that's something you can always count on. Western bacon cheese, burger cheese, bacon, western bacon cheese, burger, I'm talking Carl Jr., pick it up. Western bacon cheese, burger, Carl Jr., pick it up. Western bacon cheese, burger cheese, bacon, western bacon cheese, burger, Carl's Jr., pick it up. Duck Insider, your home for the latest news on Oregon athletics. This is the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark, and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. It's practically... Poly Radio. I've switched to cooking with healthier oils. So now what do I do with all these tubs of lard? Skinny jeans feeling too tight, a bit of lard on your hips and thighs, and those pants slide on like a dream. So there's no need for that lard to go to waste. But get your best heart-healthy trade-up with healthier oils, like canola, olive, or other vegetable oils, which can actually lower your chances for heart disease. Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info is the national supporter of the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. This broadcast of University of Oregon Athletics is authorized under rights granted to IMG College, LLC, by the University of Oregon and is intended solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. Any publication, rebroadcast, retransmission, or commercial use of the descriptions and accounts of this game or show without the express written consent of IMG College and the University of Oregon is prohibited. The announcers are selected by IMG College and approved by the University of Oregon. Today's legal disclaimer brought to you by Corson Johnson Law and Life as in Sports. You have to enforce the rules to keep people safe. Learn more about how the law can make our community safer at CorsonJohnsonLaw.com. The Corson and Johnson Law Firm is a proud sponsor of the Oregon Ducks. Joey Mack, welcoming you back to Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union, live here at the Duck Store, where you purchase support the students, faculty, and staff of the University of Oregon. What a weekend. Um, you know, it's funny. Men's sports... For baseball and basketball, things didn't really go according to plan. But for women's basketball and softball, they dominated. Let's see if uh, all of the sports can get going in that direction the rest of this week. That would be a positive here around the University of Oregon. Again, it is uh, finals week around, so you'll see uh, a lot of students and student-athletes will be all aboard the study train. And then getting ready for the weekend's worth of action. On tomorrow's show, uh, I have it scheduled already. We're going to hear from Aaron Feld. I know he met with the media last week, and with everything going on, we didn't get a chance to get it for you on Duck Insider. But the new Oregon football strength and conditioning coordinator met with the media, and we will have that for you on the show tomorrow. In addition to our weekly chat with Oregon softball head coach Mike White, and I think we're going to be able to get uh, Jalen Jelks on tomorrow as well. Didn't get a chance to get to it all today. So we'll get to it tomorrow on the show. And Oregon lacrosse head coach Katrina Dowd will sit down with us on the program tomorrow as well. It's going to be a busy week. We'll tell you more about it tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you tomorrow on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. I rescued Toast from a shelter in 2011. I love Toast because she's a lazy diva. Toast does whatever she wants, obviously. She's sleeping right now. She's so loving. She's so comforting. When I walked into the shelter, I knew right then that she was special. Toast, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood or an earthquake is destroying buildings. 
Or is the best time perhaps today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Alvin and the Chipmunks want to remind you to keep bacteria and food from making you ill with four simple steps. Clean. Wash hands and surfaces often. I'm waiting for the rinse cycle. Separate. Keep raw meats away from ready-to-eat foods. Yep. Cook. Make sure meat, poultry, and seafood is cooked to the right temperature. And chill. Refrigerate food promptly. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. The road trip to food safety starts at foodsafety.gov. You've been listening to Duck Insider on the Oregon IMG Sports Network, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. A special thanks to University of Oregon Athletics Director Rob Mullins. Duck Insider is an exclusive presentation of IMG, America's home for college sports.